I'm Dr. Jill Weiner. I'm a white woman, a doctor, a meditation teacher, a tapping practitioner, a writer, and I'm an aspiring anti-racist, an identity which I must constantly strive towards, work on, and reevaluate. This podcast amplifies the powerful voices of women and men in all aspects of the anti-racist space, along with some of my own insights and explorations on topic ranging from healthcare to spirituality to criminal justice and beyond. In order to provide a nuanced, educational, and honest examination of systemic racism and dominant culture. Before I start, I would like to do a land acknowledgement that this podcast episode is being recorded on the stolen Creek and Muscogee lands. Hey there, I am so excited to be talking to you today about apologies and restoring integrity. And I'd like to start with. Uh, a story of apologies done right. Um, someone that I know, uh, somebody close to me caused some harm in a work context, um, a unintentional slip up email sent to the wrong person. And uh, the person who received the email was harmed substantially by the email uh, and reflected that, you know, didn't reflect that back initially, but the person, but the person who caused the harm, you know, emailed the person said, I'm so sorry, really, really just like had a lot of integrity and, and apologized for what they did and explained, you know, that they wouldn't do something like that again, et cetera. And it went, uh, I I thought was a great email. And then the person wrote back and just said, I'm not okay. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to be okay. And so this person immediately reached out, had a conversation, apologized, left room for the person to speak and say their feelings, and then offered, are you, are you open to hearing me give you a, um, an explanation? Because there was an explanation for it. And the person was like, fine, I don't think it's going to change anything. But, and the, and then you know, had the apology, the other person was not really in a great place after, but maybe there was some sign that there was going to be some healing. And then, you know, the phone call ended and then I had to be in a meeting with that person shortly after. Um, and again, took accountability for what happened, said, I just want to name what happened, kind of summarized it for the group took accountability and asked if there was anything else that needed to be done to kind of complete um, or further restore integrity. Now, I was so impressed with this person um, because it was just, I learned so much from, from watching this person's approach and um, emotional intelligence and uh, the way this person was able to regulate their nervous system, uh, to regulate their emotions before uh, doing these apologies. Uh, and I just thought, because from my vantage point, the harm, the actual mistake, it was just a mistake. And it, to me, didn't seem like that big a deal. And she was able to recognize it landed as a big deal this person's response is a trauma response and she had to be okay with this person not being okay right away and leave space for that. 
So I want to talk a little bit about apologies today. Um, I am not an expert in apologies, and I will share that I um, <laughs> I try my best to apologize to my stepchildren when I when I do something that I am not proud of, and it's really hard for me to just apologize and not say, but the reason I was mad is because you did this wrong. It's really, really hard for me. And I have to check myself on that. And I don't always do it correctly. So apologies are, you know, and really, really restoring integrity is a is a process that that can can be practiced. It needs to be practiced. It can be learned and it is not easy. There's a great article I, I, what I really want to focus on is kind of the emotional regulation aspect of it, um, but I will share, um, and I'll put the, a link to this in the show notes. Um, there's a wonderful article by a woman named Mia Mingus called The Four Parts of Accountability and How to Give a Genuine Apology. Again, the link will be in the show notes. But she mentions self-reflection, apology, repair, and changed behavior. And there's a quote here that she says, true accountability is not only apologizing, understanding the impact your actions have caused on yourself and others, making amends or reparations to the harmed parties. But most importantly, true accountability is changing your behavior so that the harm, violence, abuse does not happen again. So apologies is, is way more than saying sorry. And I don't know how, if, if you're listening and you've ever been on the receiving end of a sorry, not sorry, where someone apologizes, but then kind of ends up taking it back. That can, that can cause even more harm than the original oops, than the original mistake. And it, it can really harm or end a relationship depending on what that relationship is and the, and, and the, the previous uh, connection between those two people or a person in a group, perhaps. So the self-reflection part that she mentions, there's a couple There's a couple big parts here. So when we make a mistake, there's this whole perfectionism thing that happens. It's actually a characteristic of white supremacism culture that we feel like we have to be perfect and that we feel like if we make a mistake, we are a mistake. And that's something that can get internalized um, <clears throat> with people of all races. This is our all identities. So perfectionism is just like part of this culture that we're all swimming in. Um, and when someone is harmed, they may blame the person rather than the action. But also when we're the ones causing the harm, most people don't actually want to cause harm. Most people uh, want to be nice and kind and respectful. And so when harm is caused, there can be a whole kind of shame spiral and a whole self-hate. Um, why did I do that? I'm the worst. And like really obsessing and kind of spending a lot of energy worried about it and feeling bad about it. And, and some of that, you know, like we feel what we feel, we're all capable of all human emotions. And so I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't feel those things, but what I am suggesting is that if we, if we stay in that mode longer than we need to be in that mode and, or if we try to apologize while we're still in that mode is not going to be as authentic. We're not going to show up in our best, most regulated way, and it can make it worse. So how do we process the shame? There might be defensiveness. There might be a little bit of, well, I wasn't even that big of a deal what I said, and I can't believe they're so mad. 
that's not what we want to come in. That's not the energy we want to bring into an apology. And so this self-reflection part, um, this, the first part of it is processing any shame, defensiveness, sadness, embarrassment that may come up around the mistake. Um, so how do we manage that? I love tapping. Tapping for me is a really, really great way to feel all the like deep down feelings that is hard for us to admit, to feel them, to allow ourselves to acknowledge them and to process them, process them in a way that allows us to move through them rather than shoving them away. Because if you are not aware already, we cannot shove our emotions away. They don't go, they don't go away. They just get hidden and they end up causing problems in other, in other uh, situations. So tapping EFT, emotional freedom technique, it's something that I, I'm a tapping practitioner and I lead, um, I, I do tapping uh, as a practitioner in several different ways. I work with people one-on-one. -on -one. I have, uh, I do group tapping and it can be used in a lot of different contexts, but I highly recommend um, tapping in this context. And, and if you're familiar with tapping, you would start with saying something like, even though, and, and you're tapping on the um, tapping meridians. Um, I will leave also a link to the tapping page on my website for anyone who is interested in learning more. But just know that this is a technique that's out there and you can also just Google it and find resources on YouTube or on Google. But even though I have all this shame because I made a mistake and I'm expecting myself to be perfect and I feel like I'm a mistake instead of just making a mistake, I love and accept myself. That would be a way to start the tapping sequence or even though I'm feeling defensive and angry that this person got so mad and I don't even think that what I did was that bad. I love and accept myself. So you'd want to start off something like that. Now, another tool you can use in this context is self-compassion and what that looks like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. There's different levels or intensities um, of self-compassion practice, but self-compassion, there's three components to my mindful self-compassion. Um, that are, I think, very helpful to know is that self-compassion isn't just like being nice to ourselves, no matter what. Kristen Neff has written a book called Mindful Self-Compassion, and she also has um, another book I'm forgetting the name of right now, but uh, I think it's called Fear Self-Compassion. Yeah, Fear Self-Compassion. And I will link to that. I've talked about that book in here before. So the three components of self-compassion are one, mindful awareness, that we are beating ourselves up for something. So this awareness of, wow, that refrain in my head is really, I'm being really hard on myself. I'm feeling horrible. I am saying stuff to myself that I would never say to someone else. The second component is community or connection, knowing that we are not the first person to make a mistake. We are not the first person that have, this is not the first time we've made a mistake. This is not, I'm not the first person to make a mistake. There are people out there everywhere who make mistakes. This is part of being human. And then the third part is, is the compassion part, the, the uh, doing or saying something nice uh, and healing for ourselves. Self-compassion is what may seem on the surface to be like super easy. Oh, I just like say this nice thing to myself, but we're not really taught to do this. In fact, we might be taught the opposite. We're so used to hearing negative things about ourselves or being told negative things about ourselves or internalizing that, that it can be very difficult to 
actually practice self-compassion, particularly at the beginning. And sometimes what can happen is what's called backlash, where we try to practice self-compassion and all of a sudden all these horrible memories or images or feelings come up of shame. Um, so if I'm going to uh, suggest a short self-compassion practice, and that's something you want to practice when you are feeling safe physically and emotionally and something you want to practice on something that's not super intense to start with. You want to start in a situation that is not super, super activating for you. If you had to scale, scale it on a scale of zero to 10, it would be like a three or a four start, start easy or less intense. And basically what you would do is close the eyes or lower your gaze, call up this experience that has made you feel bad about yourself, this mistake, allow yourself to hear what you're saying about it and to notice all the things that you're feeling about it. Check in with a sense of connection to the world around you and, and, and the mistakes that have been made from, you know, the beginning of time and will continue to be made. And then you can do something simple such as putting a hand on a part of your body that feels calming and comforting. So maybe you put your hand on your shoulder or maybe you give yourself a hug, or maybe you put your hand over your heart um, or the middle of your chest. And then you may ask yourself, you can stop there and just kind of sit with that and see how that feels. And if you want to take it a little further, you can ask yourself, what is it that I would need to hear right now to feel better? What, what would be reassuring to me? And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could just be like, you're going to be okay, or you are still worthy or something like that. And then when you, when that comes to you, what it is, I invite you to say it to yourself and allow yourself to notice how that feels. Maybe it feels amazing. Maybe it feels like there's a lot of resistance to it. Just note how it feels without any judgment because uh, self-compassion, as I mentioned, can be very challenging, um, sometimes deceptively challenging. So that's a good self-compassion practice that you can do um, if you have had an, uh, an oops moment. Um, now we're getting ready to go into the apology and we have to actually go face the person. So not only are we contending with the shame and the defensiveness or the whatever, the, the embarrassment, but now there's this anxiety that comes up and fear perhaps. And we might be someone that really, really tries to make people happy all the time and really don't like confrontation. I don't mean confrontation necessarily in a bad way. Giving an apology isn't a confrontation, but it is confronting our emotions, confronting our mistakes directly to the person. So a confrontation in that sense. And we might have a lot of anxiety going into it. And if we go into the apology with anxiety, our nervous system is already activated. We're, we're feeling kind of dysregulated and a little discombobulated and not at our best. And we'd really want to come into this apology feeling as strong as we can emotionally so that we can respond to whatever happens in the apology rather than reacting. And if we're in fight or flight, it's really hard to, to manage what we say or do and manage our emotions. So for the anxiety and fear, I'm also going to recommend tapping. I think it's really helpful in that context. Um, and you would just tap um, on, you know, the setup statement would be and if you don't know what tapping is or a setup statement is, that's fine. You can Google it or not, but just, it would be something like, even though I'm really anxious about giving this apology, because I don't know how it's going to go. I love and accept myself, something like that. And then you can tap and get your, we're not trying to get the anxiety 
down to a zero necessarily. We just want to get to a point where we feel like we can then move forward with the apology and go in there owning it, owning what we did wrong, leaving space for the person to talk about how they feel, asking permission. Would it be helpful if I explained what was happening in that moment and letting ourselves be okay if they're not okay with, if they're not ready to hear it. And that's where the emotional, you know, that's really where that emotional regulation comes into play because we want to actually, the apology is for them, not for us. And so we want to go into the apology knowing that we are looking to restore integrity, but we're not looking for a response from them. We don't need them to forgive us right then. We should not expect them to forgive us. They may never forgive us. And part of the apology is allowing them to have the autonomy and the space to process it in their own time as well. So we, there's, I know a lot, big part of uh, human nature is to like, want to make things right, right away. That may not happen. And that's one of the hardest parts about apology. I think a lot of it's hard. So now we go in for the apology. We apologize for what we did. We don't give excuses. We don't say, but we say, I am sorry that I harmed you. I'm sorry that these behaviors of mine caused you harm. And I'm not sorry if, I'm not sorry that, I am I am sorry, not like, I'm, not, I'm sorry that you felt bad. It's, I'm sorry that I caused something. So we want to make sure we are not blaming the person for being upset, kind of sub, uh, backhanded blaming them for it. And then the next part is repair, um, which is restoring the trust, um, showing up again and again for that person, giving them space, showing how you are um, going to be in that relationship, and then change behavior. And that kind of, I think, goes along with re repair. But a big part of an apology is, here's what I'm going to do differently. Here's how I'm going to make sure that I don't cause that harm again. So I am sorry it happened. I'm sorry that it caused you pain. I can see, you know, from what you told me that it has caused you a lot of pain. I'm going to do this and this and this to make sure it doesn't happen again. And that's the hard part. That's the part. If we don't change our behavior, repair can't happen. So um, hopefully this has been a helpful discussion of apology uh, taking accountability is not something that necessarily comes natural to us um, as humans. And taking the time to process whatever emotions are coming up for us as a result of our mistake, and then also as we go into an apology, will leave us in a space where we don't make it about ourselves. <clears throat> we can make it about the person that we are actually apologizing to, and, and that will have a much higher likelihood of actual repair to the relationship. And again, rem remembering that it is not about them forgiving us right away. We need to go into this knowing that we may not get resolution and, and letting ourselves be uncomfortable. And you could potentially tap afterwards. If there is not resolution, tap through the discomfort around that. So uh, I highly recommend that you check out Mia Mingus's work. I will also uh, link to Kristen Neff's book, Fear Self-Compassion, which is really powerful. And I uh, hope you go out there and remember that you are not a mistake, even if you make a mistake, and that it is possible uh, to apologize in a way that can restore integrity. Mm -hmm.
Hi there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Conscious Anti-Racism. Please be sure to follow or like us wherever you find your podcasts, and also consider leaving a rating or review. You can follow Conscious Anti-Racism on Instagram and Twitter at Jill Wiener, MD, J-I-L-L-W-E-N-E-R-M-D. And please check out our Conscious Anti-Racism book on Amazon.